They should have trade. They need to trade him to Latvia right now for uh, one of the Ball brothers. For one of them, we'll take the futures on uh, Lamelo. Yeah, there you we go. don't want Leandro. He's trash. We'll take the futures on Lamelo. Cooking with jet fuel. Oh my gosh, that's electrifying. You're gonna get a lot of live action. Oh yes. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another edition of The Shore Thing here on Talk Radio 1190. I'm your host, as always, Warren Shore, alongside Ryan Silva. And good show planned for you today. Uh, We're going to talk PGA Championship. We're going to get into the Cowboys' first preseason game against the 49ers. We can talk a little bit about the report that came out yesterday about Tom Herman and what he did about the Ohio State investigation, even though it kind of seems like a lot of scuttlebutt around nothing sounds better than what it actually is. But we'll talk a little bit about that and then might finish up with a little bit of Rangers talk or whatever. Uh, maybe a dumb dumb of the week uh, if we have any candidates for that. So uh, good show planned for you today. Uh, as always, listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes, you can subscribe there, uh, The Shore Thing. Also follow us on Twitter, uh, at The Shore Thing. I posted a couple videos from the uh, PGA Championship when I was watching. One guy tried to high-five Rory McIlroy after he had a chip-in yesterday and just the all-time. One of the quickest, one of my favorite things is seeing the uh, fan. Usually it is a white male around the ages of 50, in his 50s, maybe even a little older than that. Tries to high-five the athlete. Never works out. They they think they're going to get the high-five. They're never going to get the high-five. This guy realized really fast that he was not getting a high-five from Rory after he chipped him. Put it up and was like, okay, put it right back down. So it's pretty funny. It's on our Twitter, at uh, the Shore thing, so go check that out. And it looks like someone put the brakes on one of Tiger's putts. We'll get into that a little bit. But Ryan, uh, still basking in the glory of his first solos win in Fortnite, just oh, walks yeah. with an extra little pep in the step. Got the marriage license this weekend. I mean, this is, I mean, got to be a top week in your, what, 26 years of life? It's it's up there. It it was a it was a good start, like you said. Got the marriage license, so now I'm kind of stuck, and I have to do this now. Um, <laughs> and then I got the the solo dub on on uh, Fortnite. I know we talk way too much about that, but hey, it's a big part we, of life yeah, right we now. Rarely yeah, talk. No, it's just no. passing, just um, passing. But then we got the news about uh, Darius Geis going down, so that really really uh, took a turn. We could for get the into worst. around the NFL. Actually. Yeah, I just you know I had to throw that out there. Um, but other than that, you know, it's been a good, been a good week. Like you said, got a little uh, brunch today. Hash House of Go Go, shout out. The place was pretty bomb. Have you been there? I have not. It's good, man. Got some chicken and waffles. Nice little, little Sunday morning mims. Nice. Oh yeah. This this morning I went with uh, uh, one of the guys that works up here to watch the it was Arsenal, their first game of the season in the Premier League uh, season as the Premier League season has started. So we went to the Londoner in Addison, which is a big Arsenal bar, big Liverpool supporter bar. Seems like all the top Man United's. I guess they were there. Chelsea, I don't know, but we we went there for that, and they played Manchester City. They got absolutely worked, which is not a surprise. They're going to win the title, but game one almost had a little fight at the end of the game, in the bar. 
In the bar. In the bar. Oh, Not I... on the field. In the bar. Now, that's Com- something you love to see. Oh, that was something. Yes, people taking it way too seriously. These one, I mean, about 95% of the bar was Arsenal fans. And at the end of the game, whatever, everyone knew Arsenal was going to lose going in, every Saint Arsenal fan. But at the end of the game, one of the Manchester City fans, or two of them, I don't even know they were Man City fans, were singing some Manchester City song. Mm. Uh, if anyone knows, it's the... Uh, Yaya Tori, Kolo Tori song. It's pretty funny. Look, it's a good one. They're brothers. You stand, one of them 6'4", the other one's like 5'10". So you get really tall for when they say Yaya and you like go to the ground when they say Kolo. It's pretty cool. So they started singing that and a couple of the fans got mad. So they started going, you want a piece of me? That whole the tough guy, you know, sports thing going the on. The Arsenal fans or the Manchester City fans? Oh, the Arsenal fans okay. were triggered by this because yeah. they lost. And right. they're, they're, they're getting chanted on in week one after uh, they got beat, which, all right, toughen up a little bit. And then so they start going back at it. People are separated. One guy goes to his chin, and he's got the fist. He's like, meet me outside, meet me outside. I was like, oh, my God. And Steven over here is chirping from, like, the 50-yard line, not even in. And I'm like, dude, shut up. No one wants to listen to you uh, talk about this. His 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 big thing was, oh, are, you, are they ever in England? Do you, what city in England are you from? Because his, uh, his thing is, I don't understand why some people get so passionate about soccer. Okay, fair point. But this is coming from the guy that doesn't root for the U.S. men's national team. And he roots for the German national team. So that got put in his place real quick. But He's he's also never been to Germany. Yes, yes. So pretty much hypocrisy right there. Yeah, at his finest. Just go with the roots. But uh, So they start going, meet me outside in the parking lot. And they, those Man Man City fans go out there and leave or whatever. So first time to London or watching an Arsenal game. And we almost... Got the fight. So it was pretty cool, though. They got the chance going on. It was a good. Uh, I'll definitely go back. Uh, hopefully, they'll win the next time. But it was a good start off to the morning. All right. Off to the PGA Championship. Pretty electric uh, Sunday at Bell Reeve. Whatever you thought of the golf course. I thought it was kind of a boring course. Every hole went dog leg left. Works for me because I draw the ball. But okay. Seemed like a lot of the same holes. But produced a great leaderboard and produced. Quite the final round. Brooks Kepka wins second major of the year. Now three majors through his one PGA Tour win. So he's only won four times in his four times stateside. He's won overseas. He got started on the European Tour. But weekend, all four rounds in the 60s. He goes 69, 63, 66, 66. That's a new PGA Championship scoring record of 264. I mean, salty played down the stretch. And... We'll get to Tiger in a second, but Brooks Kepka. So he missed. I think I fired off a tweet saying, "Be nice if Brooks missed a couple putts right before I left to come and do race talk." He missed. I was listening on the radio, and I wish I had audio of this woman's voice on the radio. It sounded like a fake English accent. Really? I mean, I li- I did, I was like, "Is this real? Is this like a real woman talking or a person talking?" It was like I could not stop laughing when I heard it. It was so it sounded so fake, but so I heard he missed a birdie, missed a close one on twelve and thirteen, or was it thirteen and fourteen? Uh, I, I missed it. I was at the gym. I was trying, okay. I was trying to keep an eye. So I it was. That one. A, I think it was twelve and thirteen, because um, then he birdied fifteen and sixteen, or maybe yeah. it was. He th- did birdie fifteen and sixteen, so maybe it was thirteen fourteen. Okay, yeah, yeah. In this shorts, I mean, they said they were short. Short birdie putts, but I mean every time. So I was like, "All right, we're dodging some bullets." Let Tiger get back in the thing of it. 
But Kepka, I mean, that guy is relentless. Yeah. His, I mean, he stuck it close on 13, stuck it close on 14, 12, 13, missed those putts. 15 when he birdied 15. 16, that, the shot of the tournament, I thought. The par three, it's 240, 230, puts a five iron to six feet. I mean, every time you need to make a mistake, this was going back to the U.S. Open, too. He just doesn't make mistakes. It got a little wobbly early on. But right of the ship, and he just never lets up. It's like, all right, maybe this guy will two putt. Maybe we got a potential three putt if he doesn't stick an iron, puts it to fifty feet. I mean, he's thinking him to ten feet. Yeah, you had you had a tweet earlier that I uh, wholeheartedly agreed with that you said Brooks Kopka is just like DJ the way he bombs and the way he's off the tee, but he putts way better than yes. than, than DJ. And you're right, Brooks Kopka is kind of one of those guys Kepka. that. Kepka, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you spelled it wrong when you sent me a text earlier, so how about that? Autocorrect. <laughs> um, he, uh, uh, he's one of those guys that just kind of, like, you forget how good he is until he's in the thick of things like this, at least for me. Maybe not for uh, a hardo like you that's always in it week in and week out. But it's like one of those, like, oh, yeah, Brooks Kopka, like, he's pretty damn good at this golf thing. And, you know, he... he what what is he ranked in the world right now? I think he's ranked ninth in the world. No, no, he's top five. Oh, is he sure. top five? I, oh yeah. Um, let me get up the golf rankings. Okay, but either way, so he's, uh, he's. I think the U.S. Open got him inside the top five. This might get him to second. He yeah. was fourth going into t- okay. into this week. So maybe I was looking at the FedEx Cup standings earlier. Yes, um, yeah, probably FedEx Cup. Um, I for lost my train. Oh, anyway, but like. Once he got like that two or three stroke lead, you were like, "All right, this guy's not letting it up." Because he would, like you said, he was just bombing uh, drives, sticking him with the irons. He, I mean, he couldn't miss a fairway, and then his put his putting game was on friggin' a hundred. Like he 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 was not letting this lead go. And as much as you would want him to miss a couple putts here and there, maybe hit a bad shot here and there to let Tiger get back into it. I'm assuming that's what you wanted is yeah. to get to get that drama here late Sunday. Um, he just he wasn't. I mean, dude's got. You know, ice cold water running through his veins, and it was fun to see. He just was locked in, head down, just walking. You know, from shot to shot, just hitting great shot after great shot. And like you said, even his putting was, uh, even though he had those hiccups uh, on thirteen and fourteen, he came back right on fifteen and sixteen and birdied it. So it's like when he, you know, it looks like he's gonna give in, and then boom, he's right back. Uh, you know, drops another two strokes. Yeah, I, I look. I I think I've said this before. Um, but I want people. I want tournaments coming down to the final hole. So when I'm say I'm rooting against Kepka, it's to get drama. And today I was rooting for Kepka because I wanted Tiger to win. Right. But every single time it seemed, yeah, you got it. Tiger got it within two, a little glimmer of hope. And Kepka would just come right back with a stuffed iron shot, and you're just like, man, this guy is just nails. Doesn't let up, and I saw a guy on the web tour, Ed Lore, I follow on Twitter. He goes, he goes. Uh, everyone talks about Kepka just bombing the ball. Uh, same thing of kind of what I said about DJ, but he said the thing when he played with them a couple of years ago before he started winning majors, he was like, his putting back then was still just relentless, and it's still, I mean, he doesn't let up. This was what happened in the U.S. Open. He just makes every single putt of substance, and it's just, that is what sets him apart from, uh, DJ, I mean, him and DJ pretty much play the same game. The high fade, power fade, whatever you want to call it, and they all stick it. But DJ's putting gets squirrely here and there, and then Kepka's doesn't. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and talk about Tiger. Probably going to be talked about uh, the Tiger run on Sunday will be talked about, will be most remembered about this tournament. 
She's kind of disappointed for Kepka because, again, this is the second major in a row he's just had on lock uh, and just held it down uh, going into 18. But we'll talk about that here on the short thing on Talk Radio 1190 after this. The Cat Great 48 Buyer Event is here. Get great financing, great protection, free connectivity. It's a great time to buy. Visit cat.com forward slash great 48 or your cat dealer for details. I want this forever, just you in the grotto, with nothing but your nights on, you keep all the lights on, same again tomorrow, we don't need no bottle. All right, back here on the short thing, Warren and Ryan here talking PGA Championship, hit that uh, subscribe button on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud at the short thing also on Twitter. All right, so the cat, Tiger, after yesterday, made a little run. Found himself in an okay position. He was uh, four back going into today, eight under. Really needed that one on 17. I think if the one on 17 goes in, who knows what happens on 18. But, all right. So, Tiger today misses birdie putts, then birdies two. Gets himself in great position as he goes make the turn. He was one back at one point. Shoots a final round 64. He goes 66, 66, 64. In the final three rounds, shoots 14 under. And if you want to look at it, he shot 17 under in the last 70 holes of the golf tournament because he was three over after after the first two holes. I don't really like saying, oh, the first two holes cost him the tournament. Okay. You don't really know how the how he would have played uh, going the rest of the way. You assume that he would have done the same thing as he did, but you don't know how his round starts on Thursday. Say he makes a birdie here on 11 instead of a double. Whatever. But makes a turn, and I mean, this almost seemed. I know he never shared a shared the lead on the back nine, but this Tiger was dialed in with his iron. I mean, this is vintage. Two thousand eight. I mean, two thousand with his iron play. Whenever he was on two thousand five, I mean, he was throwing absolute darts all day. I mean, almost hold one. On the fly on number three. I mean, throwing absolute darts into the ground. And his iron play was spectacular. If he could have, he shot three under on the front nine and he didn't hit, didn't hit a single fairway. That was crazy. That was insane. I, I just don't understand how his, he said in his warm up, he was hitting it right, left, didn't know which way it was going. CBS showed a bunch of his warm up and it looked like he was hitting it fine. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, oh, he's Dottie Pepper. He's hitting it. His warm up went great, this and that. Goes out there, can't find the center of the fairway. And that place was hit the ball in the center of the fairway. You're able to, you know exactly what the ball's going to do when it gets on the green. It's going to hit and stop, maybe spin back a couple feet. And if you're on the rough, it's going to act a little different. The whole key to the to playing Bell Reeve was hit the fairway, and he could not do it, and he still shot three under. Yeah, it, what really, um, I don't know, I want to say really hurt him because he 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 recovered really well was that shot on 14. His, his tee shot wasn't great. It was in the rough. And then his second shot, he just absolutely chunks. And I think he hit it to right around, I guess, about 36 yards from the hole. Um, his third shot isn't great after that. And then he ends up bogeying um, that, uh, that 14. But after he just birdied 12 and 13. But again, like I said, he came back, birdied 15, was still in great position, birdied 18. Um... But the fact that you can go 0 for 9 on fairways in, like you said, a course that just really is 
everything just dog legs left. I mean, you're you really there's nothing there's nothing special about this course. Um, you know that that was that was a a shot that I or a hole that I think he obviously could have maybe even birdied if he gets a good second shot and sets himself up into a uh, in good position uh, on in, on the green. Yesterday he had a. a I want to say. Let me see if I can find it. Was seventeen. Was seventeen. Was where he just starts cursing like yeah, a he sailor. Yeah, four footer for birdie. Yeah, he puts it at nineteen feet for eagle. And and sixteen before that, he could have had a birdie too. So he could. I think he he missed a birdie putt there as well. That he it was it was a tough putt. Um, I mean it was it was a it was a I guess a fifteen footer. But I mean it, he got he close. Yeah, he should have made it. It was close. Um, but I mean you you this. Tiger run was like of and I know every time Tiger makes a run on Sunday it's like oh vintage Tiger vintage Tiger but this was vintage Tiger like you said his irons were solid he was putting pretty well for the most part he putted great you know he just he just came up short like you said Kopka Kepka whatever he uh just wasn't letting up that that lead and one little side note I am so out on Dottie Pepper so out I think she's fine yeah I cannot stand her I I I like I I think I think she's fine. I don't have a problem with her. That's just me. That's fine. But the thing with Tiger, 14, he's, he laid up with an iron off the tee. Mm-hmm. Hits it in the rough, makes a bogey. Then 17 was the real crucial one when he hits it right of the hazard. Yeah. Somehow still makes par. But I thought you – I usually am critical of the broadcast. Yesterday seemed like every five shots – I even tweeted this. Mm-hmm. Every five shots, CBS was taking commercials. I thought yesterday way too many commercial breaks. Today – they let it play out. I thought the coverage was solid today. Missed. I mean, maybe you could say they missed a couple guys. They did a couple guys dirty, not showing them. But I mean, Tiger was the main story making the run. Mm. Like that. I saw someone on Twitter say if if Tiger playing is playing a Nike ball, that that one on eleven that just put the brakes on Brutal. goes in like yeah. like at a like at Augusta in 05. Right. That one falls in. If it's Nike, there's that, there's one extra. I I watched that again about six or seven times. I don't know how it stopped so fast. Yeah. I mean it's got perfect pace and it just put the, I said it put the glider on you. It, <laughs> I mean it put the whatever you the yeah. air resistance, put the flaps up on the I mean just Breaks. If I'm in the crowd behind the gallery behind the ball, I tell everyone on the count of three, just blow and see if <laughs> yeah. we can get a little something. Someone said, "How are people not jumping up?" Yeah, uh, this just, is just everyone give like a deep breath and uh, for just like I said, just a giant exhale and see if we can get a big gust of wind. So you know, man-made wind to knock that thing in. Yeah. So Tiger solo second. Do you think uh, he's going to win a major uh, next year? F- the rest of his career. Uh, it's conventional wisdom would say he's got to get at least one, got to. But it is sometimes his play is just so up and down, and then obviously knee jerk reaction, recency bias after seeing this, like oh yeah, Tiger's gonna get one, Tiger's gonna get one. But I mean, there's so many good golfers right now on the tour that are just you know that come out of I wouldn't say come out of nowhere, but I mean just look at uh, the last major with uh, Francesco. Uh, uh, Carbonara, Molinari. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, guys like this just come out of the woodwork and, and, and start winning majors. Because I mean, he was in the thick of the. I think he, he finished he top wasn't for in six. The, I, he didn't, I know for most golf, the followers every week, he wasn't really out of the out of the woodwork. For the casual fan, he was. Right. Okay. So. He'd won t- earlier in the year, and then he'd got second in other events. So he's been playing well. Um. But so that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just so many golfers that are playing at a high level right no, now on the I tour agree. it's it's tough but i would say maybe he's gonna get one that's that was the long version of my answer maybe he'll he'll probably if you put the over under at 
half, I would say over. If he put it at one and a half, I'd say under. I think he's getting multiple. Really? Multiple. He's going to get. Are you counting the senior tour? Uh, if I with the senior tour, I'll, if he plays, he's always he's always been skeptical of playing the senior tour. He's he's he said, oh, I don't know if I want to play that. If he plays a senior tour, multiple, maybe in excess of five. Now, does that that does count towards like his chase for? Uh, no, does yeah. not count as chase towards Jack. But he's going to pick off a Masters, so Oof. he'll he'll have a good week at the Masters. And I don't think the U.S. Open is really in. He can win a U.S. Open. I just don't think that suits him. But an Open Championship or a PGA where it's a soft course, I'm telling you, Beth Page next year, the PGA, that is looking pretty good right now. I mean, say he wins in May. It's the second one. I mean, I got that one circled. Obviously, I mean, let's see him win a tournament first. That's fine. Yeah, sure. But I, you, I said he was going to win another major. When he started his comeback, yeah, no, you did, and I, I think this is, I'm gonna say multiple. Wow, two. Now I don't, I don't think he gets to 18. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing four, but I think he'll get two, because I just think this invigorates him. Like he sees he can do it, and I, there are so many good players out there, and the young guys and Jordan, Justin Thomas. Every time Kepka, like after the U.S. Open, we're like, how does this guy not win every major? You see it again. How does this guy not win every major? I mean, all these guys are so good. Mm-hmm. You got to think Rory's going to win. I, all these guys can win majors, but I just think there's something. And the thing, too, is he's had to come from behind. Say he gets a lead. I want to see how the Tiger effect goes when he's in the lead, playing in the final group, and this guy and the crowd's going nuts. The other guy makes a bird. He doesn't go as nuts. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. But one question, one last question, wrap, wrapping up our golf thing, is right now, whose career would you take in the future of these three guys? DJ? Kepka or Spieth? Ooh, that's that's a great question. Because DJ's got one major, but he's got 20 tour wins. Mm-hmm. Kepka, four wins, three of a major. Spieth, I think, has six wins, six or maybe eight wins. Three majors? Three majors. For the future, I'm going to go Spieth no, just because oh, he's so much younger. Okay. Now or say up till now or the few or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Starting. Yeah. yeah I would. I'm gonna take speech just because he's so much younger. I mean, those are all. I. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad at taking any of those guys. Or careers. even throw JT in there. I mean, JT's only. I mean, he won. He's only got one major, but he's got just as many wins. He's got more tour. He's got more like wins on the tour than uh, Kepka. I don't know about you, but I bleed red, white, and blue, so I'm only taking Americans. Justin Thomas is American. Oh, I'm thinking Justin Scott. I always get the, Justin Adam, Rose. Justin mean? Rose. I always get the <laughs> Justin Rose, JT. Adam yeah. Scott, all those guys. I get them all screwed well, up every single time. Well, you say red, time. white, and blue. Adam Scott is Australian. Their colors are red, white, and blue. Yeah, but I don't like to live upside no, down. I, no, I know. <laughs> I like the way the toilet flushes here. Anyway, um, I'm going to go Spieth. I'm going Spieth um, just because, like I said, he's so much younger. He's already shown so much promise. He's shown that when he does get a lead, he can just, he you know, can finish it out and close it out. Yeah, he's had some slip-ups. 2018 has been a rough go for I don't him. Know, the wedding planning. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll, that'll really oh, weigh a guy down. I'm serious. Nah, me too. I'm being wholeheartedly serious. I know, serious. but that, I'm serious. The wedding is, I think, at the end of the year. Uh, and I think next year you'll see him. He hasn't won in a whole calendar year. Yeah, and he no. might not win this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, 2018 has been a rough go for him. And I uh, think that's it. Yeah, I, I think I'm going speed. What about you? I, I mean, I want to take Kepka, because I just. The only problem is he see what he says is I seem to get up for the majors more. He cares more about that. Look, I can understand how a guy 
loses focus at times if things aren't if things aren't like going great, going great, yeah, or yeah. it's not a big time. Hey, it's just a normal tour event. But he's won three of the last eight majors, right? And there's no letting. I mean, no letting up soon. I guess I don't know. I to me, it's between uh, Kepka and Spieth. As much as I love DJ, I've been disappointed with DJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just it seems like he's just gonna dominate. You expect him to dominate a major like Kepka's done in the Open and the PGA Championship when he's in there and he does something in his head or whatever it is just lacking. Yeah, I think that's a big part of DJ's game that's lacking is right between the ears. And his putter is just losing. It's just there's something you're just like, man, this guy, he's only got one major. He should have four, mm. five. I know it's just like, oh, we all give these guys. This guy should have this many. This guy should. But like DJ, I mean, he's just. How does he not have more majors? He's the number one player in the world. You just, to me, I just expect more out of him. And this year in the majors, he had a great chance to win the U.S. Open, solid chance to win the PGA. Okay, he had a chance on Sunday at the Masters. He mm. had to shoot like sixty-four, but he could do that. Right. It's just, I need more out of him. And in, in the, I guess right now in the majors, but it's just something seems off with him right now. But I don't know. I I. I to answer the the question, I guess I'd say Kepka, just because I think he's just just starting to ascend to okay. the start. Yeah, I mean him and Speed have the same amount of majors. Yeah, right now. But I mean, how, how old Kepka? Twenty eight. Okay, and Jordan's what? Twenty four, twenty five. Twenty five. I don't know. Look, there. He's a little younger. He's got more chances. Yeah, but and he's already done it at a young age. Just, you know, for sure, for sure. It's a I, good I, question. I yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great question. I don't think you're going to be mad either way. For sure. No, I don't either. Either if you go Kepka or. Yeah. Uh, or uh, or Spieth. I don't either. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the Cowboys game and uh, finish up with around the NFL. All right, that and more here on Talk Radio 90 on The Short Thing. The Cat Great 48 Buyer Event is here. Get great financing, great protection, free connectivity. It's a great time to buy. Visit cat.com. All right. Sure thing here, Warren and Ryan. One last thing I want to touch up on the uh, PJ Championship and Tiger. Is it not amazing the fans? I uh, do not remember, other than since the Tiger comeback, the fans going nuts on every single one of his shots. Usually it was like half the crowd was rooting for him, maybe more, but deep down inside people didn't want him to win. Now pretty much everyone is rooting for him. They just didn't like he was a person. Oh, he didn't do this to a kid, didn't give someone a high five. Now it was now everyone is rooting for him, and he has done. He has 180'd a handful of people, if not half of the people, uh, in the golf world. Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, yeah, he he's definitely being well, uh, more well received, uh, or better well received. That's probably proper English. Um, like you said, by a good majority of everybody, everybody was cheering. Everyone was living and dying with each shot. You look on Twitter. Every, I mean, it's all Tiger. Obviously, Kepko was thrown in there, and some of these other guys that were playing well. But it was just. Tiger, 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 doing great things here and there, but uh, yeah, no, I would, I would agree there with you. It's, it's all Tiger, and they, it's just they, you want to grasp of the past of the greatness in the past. All right, moving on to the Cowboys and the NFL. All right, they, that was poetic. They lost the uh, first game of the preseason. Canceled the trip to the Super Bowl if you had a plan in Atlanta. Canceled the hotel. Canceled the flights. Whatever you got. Twenty four to twenty one. How? Can one ever come back from this? The over did hit, so if you did bet some preseason over, oh my god, I took almost every under, and they all lost. Really? 
Every single one of them. Every every single one. I'm telling you, when I like, there was what twelve games played. I probably took seven or eight unders, and they all missed. Cause you don't see Hate that. To see it. Oh my! You don't <laughs> see that in preseason. You usually see get you know seventeen three. Uh, you know the Browns uh, brutal. hit the under because there was thirty five. Yeah, and but it was. I parlayed most of them. So. Okay, well that's your problem. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you lose one, it's it's done. It doesn't matter. But what still, the other ones but do. still, I did the see board. that the scores did seem kind of high. Well, yeah. all the all the preseason lines were set at like thirty five, right? And I was like, oh yeah, easy. Yeah. You know, I'll take a seventeen, ten, whatever it may be. For sure. Nope. All right. Yeah. Well, Cowboys lost twenty four twenty one. First team offense was out there for one series. Dak they went uh, ten plays, seventy five yards, capped off thirty five yard touchdown pass to Michael Gallup. Talked about him on the show last week. And Michael Gallup, receiver from Colorado State, looks like they got something in their receiver uh, core that they need. Yeah, he's he's kind of that big play type. Um, he he was a bright spot for sure on uh, what was that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Thursday. Um, I missed the beginning because the thunderstorm from the heavens came yeah, in and just did not knock the direct TV. No, not power was fine. Uh, Fortnite was still going on. It was just a direct TV <laughs> that got knocked. Yeah, see, I was at my fiance's place and, and she lost power. But uh yeah, no, it was uh and plus a nine o'clock kick was rough for a preseason game. I mean West Coast, I yeah. get it, but Jeez. God help out the people here. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight thirty. I mean, right at nine o'clock the direct TV went. I was like Seriously, come on. But uh, back to getting back to Gallup, um, you know, a, a guy like that it, it, like I said, it is a bright spot, but again, Anybody that listens to the show is going to think that I'm absolutely a Dak hater, which I'm not. The guy does some good things, but one of those things is not throwing the ball deep. And Gallup, it could be a deep threat for him and could be a big play type. And I think with Dak being behind uh, center, that's just not going to be someone or something that they're, they're going to be to be able to utilize. Now, obviously, they're going to be able to move Gallup around, and he's he's able to do multiple things. What what round did they get him in? I third uh, or fifth on. or something like that. I think they got him late. Um, so, I mean, he's somebody that's going to make an impact on the team regardless. But still, just not being able to utilize a deep threat like him is going to be tough for the Cowboys. You're going to see a lot of intermediate throws, and you're not going to be able – and a lot of those short throws always set up the big shot downfield, and I just don't know if the, that's going to be in the Cowboys' bag, if that's a trick that they can pull out. Yeah, but I think um, he was in the third round. Yeah, that's right. Okay, third, yeah. Um but yeah, he could be a deep threat, but still he could be that maybe fifteen to twenty yard, ten to ten to twenty Going yard across guy the middle. too. Yeah, across the middle, yeah. a couple slants. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he can he can be utilized, but he could really be utilized well as a deep threat for sure. And maybe without the having to focus on Dez getting the ball, having to focus on Witten getting catches, even though game, Witten would go games with only one or two catches, just those guys. Maybe just not having to those guys that, hey, get me the ball, I'm open. Right. Like that, Dak is able to spread it out more. I don't, I need to see. Look, I'm not, I can't judge just based on the preseason. All I'm saying is Gallup looks like a nice receiver for sure in a spot that they need help in and they need a rookie to make an instant impact. Like they cannot have Gallup be bad or below average. They need him to be. Average, if not above average, because they Terrence Williams and Alan Hearns are your guys on the outside, and then Cole Beasley in the slot. Like they need him, they need Gallup to to step up. Because look, injuries are going to happen too. 
So, and Alan Hearns is what, coming off an ACL surgery? Yeah, which I liked Alan Hearns a lot No, before, I like Alan Hearns a lot, know. too. I think he'll be nice here, but coming off an ACL, who knows how long right. it's going to take him to get that working. So, they need Gallup, and they drafted a couple receivers, too, but Gallup is the one that has taken that big step forward. First-round pick, Leighton Vander Esch, from the parts I saw, looked really good out there. Makes the line, the linebacking core is going to be solid, but mm-hmm. Jalen Smith had a couple of plays where he's running with slot guys out there. I think that's very encouraging. Uh, Sean Lee, when he gets back out there, Vander S. Sean Lee and uh, Jalen Smith linebacking court, it's going to be pretty good. Every time Vander S. does something well in the season, I am taken back to the video I posted of the dude on the draft. You know where I'm going with yeah. this. That started just punching the chair. First interception. I want I want a live camera on that guy to see what his reaction is every time the guy makes a great play. He'll be celebrating that guy. He's probably going to buy his jersey. Probably already has it. (laughs) Probably already has it. I need that guy. I need to find that guy. I need live action, live camera on Leighton Vanderich take now rather than 30 seconds. I mean, 10 seconds after he got drafted when he bloody knuckled a chair in section, I don't know, 320 at Cowboy Stadium draft night. Uh, Before the game started, they were talking about Leighton Vanderich, you know, see how he's going to start. And the first thing they bring up is the – six-on-six six football that he played in high school. Like, oh, I don't know how he's going to be able to adjust to the game now coming off of six. He six played at six. Boise State. That's what I said. I said, this guy played at a Division One school, a, a good Division One school. You know, they're one of the, you want to take something from basketball, a mid-major, but they're always right in the thick of things. He played college football for three or four years. He's going to be okay. He's made the transition from six-on-six six to 11-on-11 11 11 real American football. So stop bringing that up, please. Yeah, no, I... I agree with you on that. Uh, those two guys pretty much stood out for me. Connor Williams, one of his first plays of the game, our guy, Solly Thomas, uh, <laughs> friend friend of the show. Not a direct friend, but a friend of a friend, friend of the of show. Friend of a friend. Uh, just blew right by him. Yeah. That's Capel on Capel crime right there. They both went to Capel High School. And then Connor Williams looked pretty good after that. Probably be a backup guard there. Other than that, I think safety is going to be an issue with the team. Which it has been for years. I know, but still, right now, it's Xavier Woods, and don't really know there. Anthony Brown uh, was not great. What I was reading from camp was he had a good camp, but he was getting coached up on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. During the game, took a couple penalties. Uh, just looked slow rather than his kid didn't really build off a strong camp. I mean, they got some... I mean, they got some issues there uh, at the secondary. Yeah, I always take what um, take what you see in the first two preseason games with a grain of salt. Uh, one of our coworkers here, CB, he uh, came in and was like, all right, you know, go ahead, talk your trash. Cowboys oh, lost yeah. the first preseason game. I was like, bro, first preseason game, most of the starters aren't even playing. Like, these are just guys out here grinding, trying to get a job. And uh, – so I take, you know, I don't, I don't put a whole lot of stock in the first two. But still, with that said, we already know going into the season the Cowboys aren't deep at secondary. And if this is what they're ha- what they have as their backups, as they're you know filling out the depth chart, they are in tons of trouble with that secondary. And obviously, the you know the old cliche is this is a passing league now, and you're gonna get burned deep a lot. Marquise Goodwin, he that guy's a blazer. He's a friend of a show, a friend of the show. Okay, nice. Yeah, we got yeah. a lot of hook I'm friends telling you, show. man, we're plugged in. Uh, 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 he had a you know he had a couple good catches out there. So uh, you know it's it's gonna be tough to tough to see uh, what what goes on with this Cowboys secondary. Yeah, I mean you got guys like Marquise Huff and Chardavius Ward, young guys. Uh, Ward was, I'm pretty sure, an undrafted rookie. 
But those guys trying to make an impact at corner. Jordan Lewis is a guy you're going to need to step up your uh, draft pick from last year, uh, third rounder last year, who was a good slot guy. But yeah. I just, I mean, there's some guys out there. The secondary is definitely, and look, CB is a different, our guy, Chris Brown, CB. You hear him do traffic here every morning on Tucker 1190. He's a dif- different cat when it comes to the Cowboys. He's ready to talk trash <laughs> or deliver the trash no matter what happens. He is a rare breed of the Cowboy fan, which is good. Like, it's not – but he's not someone – he 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 looks at every game of, yes, this is the win or lose, and mm-hmm. he wants to win every game. So he's just a different breed there. But, uh, I mean, we'll have to see going forward. I'd want to see a little more Dak. Zeke didn't play. But I think the thing to focus on right now is the secondary and how that goes shaping forward. The defensive line looks solid yeah, so far, but the secondary is going to be a point of concern, at least uh, for me, and I think most Cowboy fans after that. All right, we come back. I want to talk about the helmet rule, and we could go around the NFL for preseason. That In our last segment here on The Short Thing on Talk Radio 1190. We were staying in Paris. Final segment here on the short thing, Warren and Ryan will be back uh, next week. And then the schedule after that is going to start to get a little crazy uh, with uh, Ryan gone on his honeymoon. I'll be gone another week. We'll tape some stuff for you there. We'll get more into that next week. But uh, I have been alerted in the break that we are headed to the take chamber. Ryan has alerted me that he has something else on Dak. So we go in across the glass into the take chamber for what I imagine everyone get the oven mitts out. It's about to be hot. It's going to be hot. So Dak said in an in a interview with NFL Network this past week, they, they asked him who his go-to receiver is. And not surprisingly, he said it's Cole Beasley. I mean, he, they work the most together outside of Terrence Williams, but Terrence Williams has you know, had some injury issues. He hasn't really been on the field a, a whole lot when he has. Again, he's been that guy that's kind of – been stretching the field a little bit. Dak's t- it's tough for Dak to hit him. But he said he can stretch the defense, so it's about moving him around, making a, making the defense respect that he can beat you over the top. Once we open that up, he's hard to cover underneath. That's his game. And then he went on to say that Cole Beasley, in his mind, is the is the Cowboys' number one wide receiver. He said it doesn't matter about size, doesn't matter about strength. This guy is our number one receiver. Now I want to ask you, can the Cowboys go into this season – saying Cole Beasley is our number one wide receiver. Well, okay, I don't agree he's the number one receiver. What I how are you define when I think of a number one, I think a guy on like Julio Jones. The out yes. Antonio the, Brown plays the outside. Oh, yeah, plays the that, X yeah, or the Z. Exactly. Not in the slot. Right. Like Beasley. Exactly. That's what I wanted. That's what I that's the that's the point that I was getting to. So I'm glad you brought that up because that cannot be your number one wide receiver. You need a guy that does have size that can go up and get a ball. When you, the number one wide receiver to me is if it's third and goal from the eight yard line, who are you going to to get in that end zone? Yeah, no, and I have a point here. I'm not trying to. I'm just here playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, Would sure. you think uh, Jarvis Landry? I'm not trying to just bring the, but Jarvis Landry is typically a slot guy. Yeah, but he led the reset re, the league in receiving uh, in catches last year. Would you think of him as like a number one receiver? No, Josh Gordon's number one wide receiver in that. On yeah, that squad. no, okay, yeah. I I was just curious there because I mean Landry, you you lead the league in you catches. Oh, for sure. I mean I think he has more catches in his career than Odell. You know, and they came out the same he's year. He's played four years. He's never missed a game. You're right, and so, um, but I mean, you, you want take size out of it. Take size because I would argue that Julian Edelman was the Patriots' number one wide receiver last year. Uh, 
Yeah, I always feel like the slot guy though. There is the right is the except for when they had Randy Moss on the squad for sure. But you know, take size out of it because put Odell on there. He's not tall. He's I think he's five ten, five eleven listed. Antonio Brown, same thing. But both those guys, like you said, play either the X or the Z, and they are on the outside making that big catch. They can come up for with that big catch. Cole Beasley, he's running slants. He's running curls. He's running drag routes. He's not going to be that guy that can go make a play for you. Cole Beasley is great at exactly what he does. But to say that he's going to be your number one wide receiver, that is troublesome to me. I think going into it, Alan Hearns probably might be the the lead candidate for number uh, one. Yeah, if that's not, what I would think. If yeah. not Terrence Williams, obviously we got to see what Michael Gallup can do. Um, but that was just that was just something I wanted to bring up that I didn't get to in the last segment. That if the Cowboys are going to define or if Dak's going to define his number one wide receiver as Cole Beasley, then that offense is going to be in trouble. And I remember last year, I think a couple times they lined up Beasley out wide, and I was like, what are they yeah. like? What are they doing? That he's doesn't a quick make guy. Sense. He's not a fast guy. There's difference. He's shifty, right? That's what I'm like. But yeah. he's not gonna he's not gonna burn you on a go route. No, he's not. And that, and is he gonna? He's not gonna be able to physically impose over a DB. Definitely, that is uh, out there. Like I was when the star opened up. I was there covering the high school games. A bunch of Cowboys players were there on the sideline. Like Lance Dunbar got to interview him, and like Beasley were standing right next to each other. And I was like, Who's a little <laughs> taller here? I mean, I think Beasley is five. We might be the same height. I'm five ten. Might be a little insure, but I'm like, I mean, you're like a okay, right? Just not in a physically imposing, not a just your average guy that walks down the street. Yep. You see some of those guys, you're like, okay, yeah, the behemoth, the, the behemoth. Calvin Johnson, Calvin that Johnson. Guy. You see the other receivers. I think Dead was there, and you're like, yeah. all right, that's Witten. There's a big guy, or right? The linemen, especially, you're like, these guys are some tanks out there. But Beasley, you're just like, okay, all right, average right. guy out there. Brooks Kepka's more physically imposing than he is. Yeah, dude, that guy's got some pipes. <laughs> that guy has got – do you lip, bro? <laughs> some guy asked him how much he benches. He's like, I don't really know, maybe 325. But before the U.S. Open, I put up 225 15 times. Hey, that's good to the combine. Solid workout. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I that's an, that's an interesting thing. I understand what he's saying, go-to receiver is Beasley. Because when he was first in camp, too, they – he was with the second team, right. third team, and those guys were always there, so they developed the rapport. And that I can understand him being your go-to guy. But when he went on to say he's our number one, yeah, receiver, I, I think that's. And he had a bad. I thought Beasley had a down year last he year. He did, yeah. So that's interesting. All right, uh, we'll take a look around the NFL, I guess, if you want to do that, Ryan. Yeah, let's do it. Um, the first, since I mentioned it, the Tom Herman Ohio State thing is Brett McMurphy pretty much just said before we get to the around the NFL, we'll just cover this for a minute. Said that Tom Herman or some Jeff Smock said that uh, some college football reporter used to work in Tallahassee uh, said that Tom Herman was the root of the source for McMurphy to start his investigation. They both denied it. Look, I don't expect him to say that, but the one guy did report that Herman and his wife did give $10,000 to cover some legal fees for Zach Smith's wife, which he did say he did. And I don't really care if Herman tipped it off. If anything, he did the he did morally did the right thing. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is kind of a non-thing now. I guess it's just fascinating of trying to is he trying to backstab Urban Meyer and get the Ohio State job? Like what what was his? Uh, or maybe just getting Zach Smith. His main thing could have been just getting Zach Smith fired, right? Other than trying to, or maybe just trying to clear job. his own name so that he doesn't. But come he, up. he 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 before twenty fifteen he was gone before twenty fifteen, right? He was there, and then right, before in the incident, yeah, 
he he left right after that. Maybe he's trying to clear up his two guys on his staff's name. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. Ohio State thing should come out this week, so we'll talk about that. I'll tell you what. I got two updates on my phone, one from ESPN and one from, like, Bleacher Report, and it said Tom Herman denies, you know, blah, blah, blah. Both times, because they came, like, an hour apart, I thought it said Tom Herman dies, and I about (laughs) crapped myself. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? And then I read I was like, oh, okay, okay. But that, that's just a little side story of something that happened this, this that's week. Funny. All right, so around the NFL, big in, biggest injury news has to go uh, pour one out for Ryan oh. early on. Darius uh, Geis goes down, tears his ACL. Afterwards in the locker room, says, I'm good, don't worry about me. Which I would feel like got all the Redskins fans yeah, excited. Like a big sigh of relief. A sigh of relief. But then Schefter, Rappaport, whoever tweeted out for his ACL, and the, right back to reality. The hit in real time did not look that bad. At first, he thought, okay, maybe hyperextension, maybe a little MCL, you know, strain or something. No, ACL done for the year. And I was so ready uh, going to the game in DC. Uh, the opener, I think, like the fifteenth of September against the Colts. I had a sign already. I was gonna, it was gonna say the Geis is loose rather than the juice is loose because it looks like it's the same spelling. Thought that was pretty clever. Nope, not happening there. My uncle was ready to buy his jersey. Nope, not gonna happen. You can there. still buy his jersey, right? But he wanted to wear it for that game. And you can still wear it. Yeah, uh, it's brutal. True fan. Yeah, you know, no doubt. I mean, do, you can't question our fan. I'm but, not uh, questioning uh, you. I'm <laughs> just saying you're, you're ready for the upcoming year. You're not worried about this year, right? For sure. And so that was brutal, brutal, brutal. Guy had. Tons of upside. Chris Thompson was in tears talking about it. So yeah, that that was that was tough. Cole McCoy looked good though. Looked Did like, he looked like a seven million dollar man? Thirteen of eighteen, one hundred nine yards passing. Noodle arm, two TDs. His his oh, Cole McCoy. When I was with my buddy Isha College Radio, we did the Sammy Watkins preseason Hall of Fame. This was the rookie year. Sammy Watkins, uh-huh. everyone was just raving about Sammy Watkins. We're like, oh, we'll make a preseason Hall of Fame. Cole McCoy was a stalwart in the <laughs> preseason Hall of Fame. What did you have? 13, 18, couple TDs? Yeah. That is, I mean, Hall of Fame. He is preseason Hall of Fame in Shrineman Canton. I'm telling you, man, I love Cole McCoy as a backup. That might be my, you know, little Longhorn fan in me, but still. I mean, that's hopefully he doesn't have to play. For sure, no New doubt. New alarm out there. <laughs> and watch out for Brad McCoy, helicopter parent ever, ready to make just something go wrong on the sidelines with the team. But uh, Andrew Luck came back. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, he Definitely. Throwing regular uh, Throwing regular football, which is big news for him. What do you think is going to happen with him this year? I think he's going to have um, a very above-average year. Yeah, I think he's going to get back to what he – I think eventually he will, but it's not going to be from the jump. No, and that, I, that roster is not very good. No, it's the he, line. They right. he's never had a good line. Right, and so that's kind of why he's in the position he is now because of of that line. But um, I don't even know who their starting running back is going to be right now. Marlon Mack, which he went down with an injury, uh, too. I don't know how serious it is, but um, so they've never had a running game really. They got Christine Michael there as a running back, um, so I think he's going to have a very above average year. All right, yeah, no, I I think he'll be I think he'll be he'll get he'll be back to where he was. Uh, the Des Bryant update: He was live tweeting during the Browns game and during the uh, uh, Cowboys game, and so it was funny. Someone asked John Dorsey, Browns GM, about Des before the game. He's like, "I've called him. He just hasn't answered. He, I haven't heard from him." Right. So then Dez is out tweeting during the game. Oh, Dog Pond, Juice, Jarvis Landry makes a great catch. Oh, all this stuff. Baker. Baker, something about Tyrod maybe in there. Oh, he's live tweeting the Browns game. And then and then he tweets out of the middle, all right, Mr. Dor-, or someone asked him, oh, yeah, Dorsey and I talked, or I'm ready to come. He says, I'm ready to come for a visit. Yeah. 
So Dorsey was sitting in the press box with the Browns reporters. All the reporters, someone says, hey, uh, John or Mr. Dorsey, this is Des said he's ready for a visit. They said in the press box, Dorsey looked at his phone, showed he goes, it ain't ringing, <laughs> <laughs> and puts his phone back down, which is really funny. That is funny. And then I last I saw for Des, he was like, oh, I got to feel when it's ready. And so now allegedly next week he's going to take a visit in Cleveland Thursday. Sounds like Cleveland's the only team interested in him. You know what would be a sneaky good team for him to go to? Who? Carolina. Yes, that would be fine. Look, I just don't think there's any other suitors other than the Browns. And that's fine, but he's waiting on some pipe dream. And I think he saw the freezing. Okay, the Browns might have something. Mm Mm-hmm. And do that. Look, I don't care if he signs with the Browns. I was all on board. Now I'm kind of whatever. But what other teams would be involved in? I don't I don't see any other team. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, nobody's been mentioned really. And if they have, you would have heard it by now. You you know For sure. And there's just nobody been mentioned with uh uh mentioned with Dez other than the Browns first reported by me after they traded away uh, <laughs> yeah, twelve hours Coleman. later. Hey, Corey you know, Coleman. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta let the make sure, make sure you got check you gotta all your sources. The, you gotta let the take sit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just fascinated what is gonna happen there. But all right, that pretty much wraps up the show for us this week. Next week, have some good stuff for you. There, we'll talk Cowboys uh, preseason game number two, as it is against Cincinnati at home on Saturday. So we'll be able to talk about that. We'll go around the uh, NFL as well there. I do next week want to talk about the MLB standings. Yeah. Do a little Gary, throwback Gary MLB standings because those are shaping up to be pretty good. Yeah, it's going to be hot going down the stretch. Yeah, the Astros race, AL West race, getting uh, pretty tight. So uh, we'll talk about that next week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and talk to you.